0: Welcome to Internet Marketing for Humans. Digestible internet marketing insight and advice to help you grow your business. Hello, welcome back to Internet Marketing for Humans. I'm your host, Andrew Laws, and I'm a human. I have another human here with me for this episode. Mr. Human, <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Seb Brantigan. I'm known as the Britpinner, and I work with business owners to simplify their business. One of the things I help them to do And Simplify With is automating their business, so saving them time and money. And I also work with business owners who are struggling to get their message out there. So I have written a book called Social Marketing Success, which was an Amazon bestseller. had some great feedback from that. And inside of that, I talk about different strategies that I work with business owners on, such as growing the business on social media and then taking that next step and scaling up once they have results from
0: that. Very cool. Um, I've known Seb for, for a while. I don't think we could say we know each other intimately, but we've, we've definitely spoken <laughs> before. And it's your book is one of the reasons I want to speak to you um, on this podcast. For one thing, just kudos for writing a book. It's it's not an easy thing to do. It's It requires a lot of commitment. And it's an interesting thing to do because it does kind of force you to really think about about some parts of your message. So just first of all, before we get on to kind of the good stuff, what, what, what inspired you to write the book?
1: I had a few people ask if I'd written a book and uh, I thought well, that's probably not a bad opportunity to begin writing one. But it, it also was a personal challenge to me. Um, I, I've done a lot of different things in terms of online marketing and trying to start a business and, you know, right now I run a digital marketing agency um, where I, as I said, work with business owners, helping them with online marketing, scaling up the business. But before then, I was really finding my feet, trying lots of different things. And, you know, I, I ended up being a multitasker and not finishing a lot of things. And so for me, you know, I, part of me said, well, if I write a book or I start writing a book, am I going to be able to finish it? And so that was my personal challenge is to not only start writing a book, but to finish writing a book and get it published and get it launched. So that was the other side as well. And I felt like it was a good platform to share some of the stuff that I've learned. And you know, if someone wants to learn more about me, more about what I do, I can just hand them my book. And so it just seemed like a, an all-round solution to um, between me wanting to get my message out there and also as a, a, a personal thing as well, a, a challenge for myself.
0: Yes, it's well you, you succeeded I am holding a copy right here um so it's it's kind of like the ultimate business card I guess it is kind of well if you want to know what I do and how I go about it here's here's how which which I really like i'm I'm all in favor of giving away as much information as possible and one of the things I've enjoyed kind of reading your book is you you come from an angle that this is possible for anyone and it's not so much a case of there being very clear easy tricks to kind of doing well with digital marketing it's more here's a way of seeing through the fog which which i i applaud i think i love that message i think it's, it's really really strong I oh, appreciate that you're welcome it's it's well earned um now one of the things i really like actually when i first started reading the introduction you you say you say to people now if you're actually reading this book after reading it you're doing better than most most people who want to get into digital marketing because uh, i think i'm trying to think what the phrase was do you call it there's a shelf help culture is it the phrase what, what an absolutely wonderful phrase i've been into Loads of companies, officers, especially like MDs, tend to have like a set of books on the shelf, and I always kind of scan over them and think, how many of those have you read? So, it's, what what inspired you to 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 kind of mention that in the book?
1: I think from my own experience, I I'm I'm a recovering shelf help um, <laughs> person, so um, you know I I definitely have bought many courses, books, etc. And for a while, they did sit on my shelf and do nothing. Now I'm a little bit more proactive. I've actually gone and, you know, gone through some of these things that I've bought and, and, uh, you know, really been kicking myself for for not doing that sooner. And I just think it's quite relatable to a lot of people is, is, you know, they, they buy a book, um, and yeah, it just sits on the shelf. And, you know, I wanted people to actually read the book, which was the main reason why when I initially launched it, I wanted it in paperback because when people buy an uh, an ebook they're less likely to read it whereas if I physically send them the book then I think there's a bit more of a a chance and by the way it is actually out in ebook now and in, in hardback edition which is is cool on amazon um but it's you know it made me go back to like when I first started in business so I as as I said before I was very distracted I'd pick up one thing and drop it and then Go and look at something else and I'd have that shiny object syndrome. And I knew it didn't get me results. So I wanted to speak to those people who were in that same headspace and just say to them, look, you know, if you read this book and apply the simple strategies, because it's not a super duper long book either, like you could you could read it in an hour, hour and a half and get some really good actionable tips from it. So that was kind of me calling out people a little bit who were kind of like how I was in the beginning, where they were trying different things and, and not committing to it so that's really what I was who I was speaking to there and, and that kind of mindset
0: excellent now you say you could read it in an hour and a half and and I, I can I speed read at an incredible rate so I consume books very quickly I couldn't I couldn't do it with your book and I'll tell you why because speed reading doesn't work because you keep bringing up things in it that that kept making me slam the brakes on and kind of just thinking well Okay well, I, I have not seen it from that angle. I need to think about this so yeah, I guess you could read it that fast, but it's actually quite enjoyable just to kind of just to wander through it and and I mean that as as a huge compliment the the style is kind of conversational without being too kind of um you know you get down to business is, is what I'm trying to say anyway enough compliments for you seb um but it's it's just very good and, and i I'll include a link to your book in in the show notes for this episode because I, I thoroughly recommend. much anyone reading it you know i've been in digital marketing for over 20 years and one of the joys of digital marketing for me is that none of us do things in exactly the same way so getting other perspectives is is really refreshing it's really interesting okay so let's get on to the the giving value bit let's see if we can give some value to to the listeners of this podcast now i was going to write a set of questions but in the spirit of your book i haven't done that because i don't think there is a really prescribed way that in the next 30 seconds, you could kind of unload all the information there is about digital marketing. So let, let's talk about your experience a little bit. What, what's what's a common issue that you find your clients or people you speak to in general come up against that that you kind of think, oh, it's, it's this thing again. It's, you know, th- this is a, a common problem that people are having.
1: Yeah, of course. So a, a big one that I see is the content creation side most business owners that I work with that are not getting enough leads and and clients or buyers, they they don't have enough content out there or they're not putting it out there consistently. So that's a big thing that I see that I do mention in my book. I talk about the the right way to write content or the way that's worked for me that's you know helped me to build my business. And so, you know, I I, I see a lot of clients, they they create a few videos, they do a few good posts. And they, they just stop doing it because they don't get that engagement straight away. So that's one of the things that I've I've definitely noticed. It's very easy to fix. You know, all you need to do is is have a plan for the week or, or for the month. If you're someone who likes to plan ahead of time, you know, and, and really plan what kind of content you want to create. It helps to know your market quite in depth first. It helps to do that step before you then create the content so that you're not trying to sell steak to vegetarians and it's, it's a lot more focused. Um, but yeah, I see people very commonly, they make a start of creating content and they just, they just don't see it through.
0: So consistency is key then, great. Um, so, I mean, how, how do you go about, you don't have to give away the farm here, but how do you go about helping people get more consistent with their content?
1: I think I help them to get clear on who the content's for I think that's a, a huge step because I, th- well, I think what a lot of people do is they start creating content and they don't necessarily know who it's for, so they're doing all this work and so they don't get results, which is fair enough because they're not targeting it for a certain type of person. Sometimes it's an issue where they're creating the right content, but the audience isn't big enough. But typically, most people have you know a good few hundred people on their friends list or more, and. To be honest with you, that's enough of an audience to get some engagement if it's the right audience. So, and how do you track the right audience? It's obviously quite of a, a chicken and egg situation, isn't it? You know, you need the right content to attract the right audience, but then how do you get the right audience and and all those different kind of things? It all starts by creating the content that you want your audience to see, your ideal audience. So, if you're someone who is struggling with that consistency, um, you have got to work backwards first and think about well who is this content for and, and what am I trying to get them to do? Am I trying to get them to reach out to me through direct messages? Am I trying to get them to uh, book a call with me or, or buy a product? So you've got to know your audience and the goal. And then that's going to make the content creation a lot easier because then you're not you're not doing that shotgun approach where you're trying to just message loads of different people or hit loads of different audiences. You're getting quite defined. so. That'd be my recommendation to people. And if you're struggling to know what your audience is, your ideal customer, think about who's bought from you before. That's a really easy place to start. You know who who is most interested in your product, who's been a buyer before. That's going to tell you. Well, you know, if a certain type of person has bought before, like me, for example, I work with existing business owners rather than startups. So mine's a little bit more defined. I, you know, that's, that's who I've worked with and who's become a client with me. So it makes sense to go after that kind of person in future with all my content because I know that's who's most likely to buy. So a bit of a long answer there, but I wanted to kind of explain in a bit more detail a few different steps to kind of overcome that um, lack of content or, or, you know, disbelief that content marketing works
0: this is uh, obviously you're you're very kind of on on brand with what you said in the book there. But for me, this is one of the things where I mentioned earlier about you cutting through the fog because when I speak to to people who haven't engaged heavily in digital marketing, quite often the the challenge they say to me is we don't have time for that. And what what your book's shown me um is that, well, you're probably doing it already just in a slightly different way because I don't believe anyone runs a business and doesn't know who their target audiences there seems to be a disconnect which you've glued together very very nicely in in your book there seems to be a disconnect in some people's mind between offline marketing so you know networking in person advertising in magazines all sorts of things and what happens online these it's not two different groups of people in my experience they're all motivated by the same way it's just a different and much more efficient conduit
1: I totally agree with that yes it's just the platform that they're on you know both of them work there's still businesses now that are only doing offline and they're, and they're still doing really well so it doesn't matter which platform you pick but you've got to be super consistent with it and, and know that your audience is there and, and the thing is with social media you know I, I occasionally bump into businesses that say well my audience isn't on social media they definitely are they're just you're not in front of them right now. You might not be able to see them right this moment, but they are definitely there um in, in any industry. You know, I I've not yet seen an industry where social media doesn't work. There might be one, there might be a first. I, I don't know. But right now I haven't seen that. You know, I've I've seen seen it work for every business. It works better for some than others, understandably, but there's still there's still some benefit of being there that can help any business.
0: Absolutely. And and it, it speaks to me um of you mentioned earlier on about you know if you don't believe you have an audience you're wrong because you have even if it's the friends and family thing and this is increasingly becoming something people like us are talking about the fact that it's probably not helpful I'm kind of leaning heavily on things I've I've read in your book here trying to like instead of like give my own experience but it's 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 not necessarily helpful to see yourself as having two personas the, you know, the, the cliche would be one part of you might be somebody in a suit who's in a smart office talking in one way and then going to the pub afterwards and talking to your friends in a completely different way. It, it's, it seems to me it's another one of those things that looks like a lot of hard work, maintaining two personas, who is kind of becoming genuine and more human in, um, this is why the title of this podcast came from, but why becoming more human in digital marketing is becoming increasingly important.
1: I completely agree with that. Um, it, I heard a saying from a guy called Ryan Dice, um, who's quite a big online market in the US. And he says, we're, we're no longer in the B2B world or B2C world. We're in the H2H, human to human. And I think that's that's, that's the way it should be. And that's what social media allows you to, to do is you, as you said, you're kind of bridging that gap between the digital world and bring it back to human interaction. Obviously, in the world of COVID, we've not been able to, to do that nearly as much as they have, have before. But the the online world is is a great bridge for that. And, you know, one of the things I I also see as well, uh, which I was going to touch on earlier, is a lot of people think social media replaces business connections. But what I recommend is, is using social media to build that audience. And, you know, you'll still find in most cases that people want to have a conversation with you. They might want to get on the phone with you. They might want to jump on Zoom or get off social media and connect with you a bit more before they actually buy anything. So that's a very important distinction Does people think that social media is replacing all that. It's not, but it's a great bridge towards that. It's, it's definitely a necessary tool to to build those deeper relationships and to reach out to more people quicker. But it, it doesn't ever replace the entire process from start to end from going from a lead to a long-term customer you know it doesn't replace the whole process but it helps a lot
0: i absolutely love human to human i think that that's amazing i, I wish i could quote you for that um, i've got a couple of nice quotes that i'm going to use for for this podcast from you already so um thanks for for giving giving value um i mean personality is something that comes across um as well in your book kind of the importance of of being yourself which i know we we've just covered to a certain extent but do you think that might help uh, we talk about warming people to the brand so kind of people feeling okay with contacting businesses they they don't yet know i mean how how personal should you get i mean we're not being platform specific here but sort of in general uh, for example i i gave a talk recently and somebody said should i be talking on linkedin about what well, they actually said personal tragedies and things in in my life Um, i mean where where do you stand in your experience how personal is too personal
1: yeah of course i mean there's there's definitely a limit that you can you can draw that line wherever you want to but i think the more that you can share the better um again i think it's got to be relevant to your audience it's got to be relatable so if your audience is business owners then you know you might want to share let's say you had a, a you know you made a bad business decision you went bankrupt. You might want to share that. You might not want to share all of the little tiny details, and um, but you might want to share that you've had a failure and that you, you know, that it really affected you, and it it you know. But you learn a lot from it. So it kind of depends on who your audience is. You might want to tweak it a little bit depending on who that is. Um, but you know, I, I definitely think being vulnerable with your audience is you know something that not many people do, and you know, I'm starting to do more of it as well. Uh, one. One platform I find, or medium, I should say, rather than platform, I find it very easy to do that in is through video. So for me, for some reason, I just find it easier to share that kind of stuff, more personal stuff. Through video, I just find it easier to express. But it's, it's however you want to express it. Like some people are not that confident on video, and that's fine. If you're someone who's more of a writer, then definitely you know, stick with the, the type of content that you'd be happy to do consistently. You know, I don't mind doing a video every every day, every other day, but there's some people that are, you know, they just won't be able to do that. They won't feel that comfortable with that right away. But, you know, you've got to start with the the medium of content that's more comfortable for you that you're happy to do consistently. And it doesn't really matter if you don't do video. As long as you're doing some kind of content, as long as you can do it consistently, and it's, again, got to be a type of medium that you just love doing and is, is more natural to you. So, but going back to your, your question, I think, you know, share as much as you're willing to share. And I think, I think it really does build a lot of trust in people. It really builds uh, that. It's, it's very transparent as well, you know, especially in my industry where you are um, helping business owners to succeed. There are a lot of people out there that are not doing that and it's it's very hard to trust people in this industry because there's a lot of scammers there's a lot of uh, you know people go around teaching things they haven't done so it's it's a great way to combat that and to let people know you're a real person and that you are actually there to help you know just by being vulnerable and, and transparent it, it makes people trust you a lot more
0: yeah and and it's it's a it's a truer picture it's, it's a more believable picture i think i mean one of my things that I've experienced is that people are becoming more aware of being placed in a funnel so you know they're more aware of falling like like into the trap as it were of becoming yeah you know, I, don't, I don't like using the term funnel but you know they're, they're more aware of you know if I speak to this person am I then going to get a phone call from a sales team and am I then going to get a lot of emails am I going to, and I think you, you can you can Make people feel a lot more comfortable with making contact with you just by showing that you know your humanity. I can't keep, I can't get past this human to human thing. It's brilliant, <laughs> it genuinely is one, one, one of the best phrases I've, I've heard for a while. Um, just in case anyone um, is wondering about what can go wrong, there's some quite funny, well, I found them funny. I don't know if I was meant to, there's some quite funny examples in, in Seb's book about very large companies who have, who have confused their message somewhat and and not perhaps kind of fully thought through how it might be interpreted by other people because there's being vulnerable being open and then there's being completely ignorant of of how that that might be perceived i mean you know we we sort of pass these examples around in the industry quite a lot but how, how did you choose the specific ones i think there was meal melee and Oh, there was Starbucks with just the most confusing, weird advert I think I've ever seen. That's one of the things that stopped me in my tracks, kind of reading your book. I just, I had to keep reading it, and your little footnote says I don't know what they mean, and I've I've read it a bunch of times. I have no idea, but but yeah. So so you, with all the many examples of weirdness out in the world, I mean, how easy was it to choose which ones you ought to put in your book?
1: Yeah, it was it was tough to to be fair, but I I definitely want to pick ones from larger, well-known companies that, you know, seemingly are, you know, successful no matter what <laughs> what mistakes they make. So, you know, a lot of these social media blunders are not necessarily fatal. But if you're a, you know, a smaller business who's just getting started, um and, it, you know, it could be quite damaging to your reputation. And even if it was accidental, um it, you know, it's so important to be aware of what you're posting, maybe you get people to if it's like like a, a message like that, maybe if you're new to creating content, you know, maybe double check a few posts with people.
0: Mm. and That's cracking advice, Seb. That's, that's really, really good. I like that.
1: Even ask someone who's not a marketer or not in your industry to just read through it and, and say, you know, does this message make sense? You know, quite often I'll ask my brother every now and then because he's not into marketing. Um, you know, can you just double check this, this and that every now and then? And his advice is really helpful because he, you know, if I'm overcomplicating it, he'll, he'll soon help, tell me. And a lot of time we we are very very good at doing that as humans, is complicating things where we don't need to. Um, but, yeah, I definitely want to pick some examples that were, caused a lot of backlash just to kind of really show everyone, you know, what can happen on social media, how it can work against you if you're not careful. I think most people starting out won't make those kind of mistakes because they've read through the book and you know they they know the right way of doing it um but yeah i just wanted to show the not so good side of social media and show people it's not all perfect and and all sunshine and rainbows there are a few things to be aware of when you are posting and things to kind of watch out on you know things that could go wrong and just show some good examples
0: absolutely Um, my favorite is in the it might be in the late '90s, Electrolux, um, the, the, their marketing team in I can't remember if they're Sweden or Denmark, somewhere in Scandinavia, their marketing team came up with a poster, and everyone in the, that country and that team said, "Yep, this is great. We'll roll it out worldwide." And when it was translated in the states, it came up on billboard as "Nothing sucks like an Electrolux." and of course a f- phenomenal kind of consternation from from salespeople the electrolux in america the american public absolutely loved it and it, it became like a proto meme because people just just shared it everywhere and it kind of became an accidental viral thing um some of the examples that the that, that i'm aware of it, it's it's not always the damage that's done by not thinking it through it's how you react how the company reacts to it afterwards so there there was a an example with Burger King a Burger King employee filmed himself having a bath in one of the sinks in the kitchen it's a huge great big thing so of course on social media you know Burger King were quite I, I, I might be inaccurate so so you know this is this is apocryphal possibly um but Burger King said right yeah we fired that person and that got more of a backlash and did more damage to Burger King than this video going viral of an employee having a bath in a sink so Burger King dealt with it by sending the MD to the same Burger King and the MD had a bath in one of the sinks as well, which I thought was, was absolutely brilliant because I think if you've done that much damage, it's always kind of like, well, pretty much anything we do isn't going to make this worse. So kind of take a chance, a very brave chance. I, I would love to have been in the meeting when someone suggested to the MD that he ought to go and have a bath in in, in a restaurant. <laughs> definitely, yeah, I didn't know about that. <laughs> that's, that's pretty crazy. Oh, there's 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 tons of fantastic examples. Um, so in, in terms of books, um, we, we talked kind of about reading a little bit and so I'm an avid reader. And something I've never really asked guests on this podcast is what their favourite books are, not not necessarily strictly digital marketing related, but just kind of in general. I mean, do, do you have recommendations? If, if someone was to come to you and say, right, I've read your book. What's next? I'm just trying to think, is there is there a list of further reading in the back? I don't think there is. Oh yes, there's resources. Oh, that's your resource. Sorry, <laughs> stumbling a bit there. Um, do you do you have do you have recommendations? As in, once you've read my book, this is the one that you should read next.
1: Yeah, I don't have any that have, that I mentioned in the book. But there's one uh, which is actually on my desk at the moment called "Outrageous Advertising" by Ooh. Bill Glazer. Um, I think that's how you say it. Um, so in there is a really really awesome load of resources on how to advertise with personality, how to make your adverts stand out. And the reason why I think that's relevant, because even though my book's about social media, is it talks a lot about how to write good copy. And if you can focus on copywriting, which if, if anyone isn't familiar, this isn't the copywriting where you're it's to do with trademarks or anything like that. This is to do with um, selling through written word, just to be super clear on that. Um, he talks a lot about how to write good copy, which in social media, really any kind of online advertising where you're writing to sell something, is is worth its weight in gold. You know, if you can write an appealing Facebook post, an appealing LinkedIn post, um, or or even it doesn't just stop at the copywriting side. You know, he talks about the use of images in there as well, and there's certain images that you can use that can make your Facebook posts or adverts stand out. it's it's super, super important to focus on the copywriting side as well. I'm also a subscriber of a marketing newsletter called Email Players by Ben Settle. Um, That is a a paid monthly newsletter. It's not cheap. I think it's $97 a month. Um, And within that, there's loads of stuff in there, which is all around uh, mostly email marketing, but again, going back to the copywriting side. So, you know, I, I'd recommend any book that helps you to sell with the written word. And that could be used in videos as well. You know, what's to say that, you know, by learning good copywriting, why can't you then translate that into a video and just use use what you are going to write and just say it in a video and just take those skills and translate that into a, a different medium? Like it doesn't matter whether it's video, written, podcast, you know, if you're able to persuade people by you know, speaking to them in a certain way and highlighting the benefits of what you do and then talking about their, their pain points and their problems and how you can solve them, then I think that's a great follow-on from, from my book, you know, because I've mainly taught the fundamentals, you know, what social media, how does it work, what kind of posts are there? So I've kind of covered the, the fundamentals to, to get you started on social media. Um, but the next step would be, as I said, focusing on, the you know the copywriting side and focusing on the more of the strategy around the marketing
0: so so what i'm hearing is it's the message not the mechanics
1: yeah yeah 100 it is it's all about that. it's a huge huge topic so it's not going to be one that you'd learn overnight but you know you'd be surprised what you can find on on youtube as well if you if you put in youtube ben settle then he's got loads of youtube videos blog posts etc so he's a really good person to follow and the funniest thing is he's not even on social media. You know he was for a while. He had one of the most responsive Facebook groups in his industry. Um, at that given time, this was a couple of years ago now. And he actually shut down the group because he was it's just too much for him to handle. Uh, but he's actually building his own social media um, platform now as well, uh, which is a whole new different thing. But going back to my point here, you know he he's you know one of the most persuasive marketers, and his his medium is email marketing. But I don't see why that wouldn't work on social media and in other platforms as well. So, you know, the, the main summary, I suppose, of what I'm saying is, you know, you've got to really know how to market to people. Now that you know how to get on social media, you've got to know what to say to those people to pull them in. Because there's so many people on social media, there's so much noise out there, and you've got to be able to cut through that by speaking to the people that you want to reach.
0: Absolutely, and I, I know you kind of you just said that your book is focused on on social media, but I think it goes much wider than that. I know when you write a book, you have to have an angle that you're going for, and you have to kind of have a niche you're targeting. But there's a lot of useful information in here that that applies to digital marketing in a very broad sense. Like there's a good section about idealing, uh, idealing about um, identifying an avatar. Can you just tell us a little bit bit more about that?
1: Yeah, sure. So. The avatar is kind of like the avatar film where there's the almost not like that second version of you. And so translating that back to marketing is that basically means your ideal customer. You know, who is it you're looking to target? And, you know, get specific with that. You know, what's, what characteristics do they have? You know, are they married? Do they live in the city or they live in the town? You know, you can get quite specific here. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to, attract that sort of person right away, and there might be some differences in terms of the actual characteristics of the person you're attracting and demographics, but it's good to get clear on your, your ideal customer is if you're able to wave a magic wand and, and have that appear, you know, because then you can start targeting that kind of person and really focusing on, you know, because there's so many different audiences you could potentially pick. And it goes back to my point earlier, you know, you want to focus on buyers or potential buyers or people that are interested in your product. So you've got to kind of base it off for of that as well. Like who's most likely to buy? Um, and not only who's most likely to buy, but who's most likely to, you know, stay as a loyal customer.
0: That's, that's absolutely great. And I think that that's probably a fairly good conclusion. Um, but before we kind of wrap things up. I was going to say, is there a core message? I think you've given the core message pretty effectively there. I mean, I'm, I'm jotting down that, that digital marketing bridges the gap and brings back human interaction, which I'm going to kind of paraphrase, quote you on in, in the marketing materials for this. So, Seb, it just, just remains to say, how do people, hey, to say, how to ask? There you go. There's a bit of vulnerability in humanity. I'm I'm my cobbly speech, um, and I've invented a word, cobbly. Anyway, um, how, how can people find you, Seb?
1: Yeah, of course. So the easiest way is to reach me on my 360 site, which is seb360.com, so seb360.com. You can also go to my blog as well, which is sebbrantigan.net. But if you go to my 360 site, that literally has everything on there from my blog to my book or my social media channel. So that's kind of my one in one um, place there, like my online hub, if you will, where you can find out all about me and have all that information there. And that's just the easiest place to find me. And, you know, if you guys have any questions about what you've heard on the podcast, I'm happy to answer one or two, you know, general questions. Um, My contact info is on there. So if if you want to send me a quick uh, email or or reach out to me, then more than happy to uh, answer any questions about what I've talked about as well.
0: Cool beans. Thanks a lot, Seb that'll do nicely so um i'm gonna say goodbye thanks to listening everybody um please like subscribe and do all that stuff that everyone always asks <laughs> i'd really appreciate it seb do you want to say goodbye
1: yeah thanks for having me on andrew i really appreciate it thanks everyone for listening i really hope you learned a lot and um you know look forward to seeing you another time